0: Well, unfortunately, we had to put Annabelle back away for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. But be rest assured, we'll break her out once once the Christmas season begins in November. But in the meantime, welcome everyone to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name's Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your hosts. To my right is a man who is very angry at the NFL about Saturday's Wild Card Weekend. They'll tell you why in a second. Dustin Henry, Dustin, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I got some things on the agenda. Got to de-Christmasify the house. You know, much like Annabelle, I got to put my Christmas decorations away for the season after this, but. You hit the nail on the head. Wildcard Weekend is one of my favorite things to do. You're gonna be coming in. I got I got our buddy Scott coming in. My Uncle Al's probably gonna be there. We got we got a crew of people showing up. I'm figuring out the spread, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, Oh, we got two tasty games to enjoy. Well, guess what? One of them is exclusive to Peacock, and I shake my fist at you because I refuse to sign up for another streaming service. I think well, that you know. Well, lucky for you. Well, go ahead.
0: I'll I'll let you go. But but
1: but. All yeah, right. You want you. you want to do this stuff in the regular season? Okay, I get a lot of people get mad because they don't have NFL Network prior to Amazon Prime, and a lot of people don't have Amazon Prime. You get the Thursday night games, but as we've detailed, nine times out of ten. No offense to any of the teams that play on the Thursday night football games, but you're not missing much in the regular season. The teams aren't ready to play. It's clear. Um, the Thursday Thanksgiving games, that's a different story. Everybody knows that's coming. Everybody prepares for it. But during the regular season, it's just its its too much. The games really aren't that good. But you put something exclusive to a streaming network in the playoffs, I got a problem. Playoffs? Even, even ESPN which a lot of people give them flack because they're like, I don't have ESPN, so I can't watch Monday Night Football. But even they put their playoff game, they simulcasted it on ABC. So there was an opportunity for people that that couldn't watch the game on ESPN. They could watch it there. The playoffs, everybody should be able to watch all the games. It's what we wait for. End rant. How are you tonight, sir? (laughs) Well, lucky
0: for you. I have a Peacock subscription.
1: Ooh, all right.
0: Yes. So yeah, I'll gladly share mine. I'll put it on your device. We'll get. We'll watch. We'll watch that game. But so. All right. But yes, I I I agree with you in the fact that yeah, the NFL putting uh, a a a wild card game on both ESPN and on Peacock. That's just dirty pool. That's just dirty pool. It's just a way to force people to subscribe to their services. And uh, look, the NFL's got enough money. The NFL makes the NFL is going to make eighteen billion dollars this year. You can't get you can't get full time referees, but you're forcing fans to sign up for streaming services they don't want. Let's go watch their games. It's crap. It's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. It's bush league. It's bush league. It's bush league. Speaking of Bush League, here are social media channels right here down here below. <laughs> Segway Twitter. Master. Segway? Gotcha. There, there you go. Another nickname for me. Twitter oh, and yeah. TikTok. It's at no creds Facebook.com forward slash no creds YouTube.com forward slash no creds req at no creds excuse me. If you wouldn't mind, please like, comment, share, and subscribe on either YouTube, Facebook, or you can, you can join the show on Twitter now, So we, as we demonstrated a couple of weeks ago when my buddy Rod Peterson was on. Yeah, watch your toes. I'm name dropping, folks. <laughs> on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on any po- on any podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Please leave us a five-star rating. That would be super duper. And also, if you're on a platform where you can review, we'll read your review on the air. No matter how, uh, how how awesome or how disgustingly gross it is, and because we're on a live show, uh, unless you're watching on replay or on either Rumble, on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or even on Belly Up Sports YouTube page, which will be available the next day at eight o'clock a.m., you can engage with the show. You can engage with the show. It's a live show. Leave your comments, and we got a couple in the comments section. But Dustin, I know you've been waiting. You've been waiting all week to hear that magical, magical sound. Laid on me. Oh, it's being laid.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, please engage with us, engage with the show, leave a comment during the show on the replay. We've actually got some comments already from Sapna yelling her your obligatory sports ball mm. and her uh, emoji hand pink waving emoji uh that she usually leaves for the channel. Thank you, sapna for uh for leaving uh your comment so with that let's go over to week 18 of the nfl lots of lots of things happening lots of implications happening and we're gonna start as always with our biggest upset of the week dustin i'm gonna have you start what was your biggest upset in week 18 of the nfl
1: well, we're I have a feeling we're gonna be talking a lot about this game, but I have to go with Titans over the Jags. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this in the least. The Titans, they were without their starter Will Levis at quarterback. He's been hurt. And uh you could you could argue that Ryan Tannehill was an upgrade in there, but the Titans played like they were the ones that had the playoff game on the line and not the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now the, the Tennessee Titans, the big, the big stat that, that uh, stuck out to me was I couldn't believe it. And I'm going to get a little bit more into this later, but the Titans defense picked off Trevor Lawrence twice in this game. You want to guess how many interceptions the Titans had for the season total heading into this game? They had, Hang on, let me, let, me, let me get let me get my calculator here. Hang all on. right, all right. Carry the one.
0: Uh, carry the one. Divide by pi. Um, circle beats the square. Circle gets the square. Uh, uh, less than ten.
1: You are correct, sir. They had five. Count them. Five interceptions on the year, and they picked off Trevor Lawrence twice in this game. And Derrick Henry also ran very well in. He grabbed the microphone after the game, so we don't know if it's his final. And he said some words to the to the, to the Titans fans. I uh, can't believe he's been there for eight years already. It seems like yesterday. I was I was excited because I picked him up as a hot rookie in my uh, in my fantasy draft. But uh, those days are are eight years gone, which is hard to believe. But that was my biggest upset. The Jags, to me, they just really. They didn't look crisp in this one, Ryan. I don't I I don't know how else to describe it. It just seems like they showed up a little flat. They did try to rally back a little bit, but they just didn't, they didn't, they didn't have it and they needed to have it in this game. And it turns out this was Mike Rabel's last game as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And I feel like his players rallied around him a bit. The Titans were ready to play in this one.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's disappointing that it's Mike Rebel's last game. The last two years have not been kind to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think it all started in the draft in 2022 when they decided, in their, in their uh, I guess you could say, infinite wisdom, <laughs> <laughs> trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles for what would be uh, Traylon Burks. I know you're asking yourselves, "What's a Traylon Burks?" And yeah, I'm uh, asking myself the same question as we speak. <laughs> but <laughs> but when you're when you become one-dimensional, it it stinks because you, you can't seem to find any weapons. I I, I I guess Traylon Burks was supposed to be the replacement for AJ Brown. Unfortunately, yeah. because of injury and other things going, because of injury, hasn't really happened. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins to kind of jumpstart the offense. And it worked to a certain extent. But when your quarterback position is in flux, as it has been with Ryan, with Ryan Tannehill, of all quarterbacks. Uh, future, oh, by the way, future, future Jets backup co- incoming, by the way, uh, Ryan Tannehill, allegedly. Oh, oh allegedly. man. Well, that's what a lot of Jets fans are speculating. We'll get to the Jets in, in a moment or two. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you're off, all your offense is, as I've said before, we're beginning this at, at what, what what last year during our season preview, Derrick Henry left. Derrick Henry right. Derrick Henry in a on a dive. Mm-hmm. It becomes one dimensional. It becomes predictable, and you're not going to win with predictability in this league. Talking to you, New York Jets. You're <laughs> you're not, not going to win with a predictable offense in the NFL. I know. I'm throwing shade at my team. I don't care. But no. Uh, but more to come on that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the Jaguars beating the Jaguars beating the, uh, the sorry, the Titans beating the Jaguars, especially when the Jaguars have been looking like this, this is this slide, and I'll, I'll I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in uh, the biggest disappointment. I think the Jaguars have been the biggest disappointment from this week, but the slide the Jaguars have been on ever since that, I, I would argue the San Francisco lost lost, they're coming off a by bye week. And they got exposed and yeah. exposed against the 49ers. And after the Monday night game, the slide just kept happening. And then in that Carolina game, when they shut out Carolina, saved their season. But they need to show up to this game. And they didn't. And they didn't. Another, now they're omen. And I guess there was consequences from this because uh Doug Peterson went out firing his entire defensive staff, including the defensive coordinator. So he'll, he'll be searching for a new defensive coordinator. Oh, sure. wow. I think I have a feeling who might who that might be. Hmm.
1: hmm.
0: Hmm. There's a certain former head coach in Tennessee that could be as a defensive coordinator. No, no.
1: <laughs> he would be a good one. He would be a good, good one. one. But, uh, you know, let the Vrabel to New England rumors uh, start.
0: Yes. Let the, let the Vrabel, I mean, I mean, we'll talk about head coaches and, and, and towards the end of the show. So my biggest upset, I kind of went away for, I kind of went in a different direction here mm-hmm. and I went with giants over Eagles and I wouldn't, some might necessarily qualify as an upset, but considering the giants had lost their previous five matches against the Eagles and where the giants were compared to the Eagles in the standings, I would qualify as an upset. Let's talk about the Eagles for a second. They were 10 and 1 at the beginning of November. 10 and I'm sorry, 10 and 1 at the beginning of December. And they finished 1 and 5 down the stretch. They actually almost lost to the same Giants, this same Giants team, a few weeks right before Christmas. And they looked like a team that just didn't want to be at the Meadowlands on Sunday afternoon. Tyrod Taylor threw for nearly 300 yards. And the Giants just motorboated the, the Eagles by twenty and they go to a 24-10 lead. They they held on. I wouldn't say held on, but it went on to a 27 to 10 win. And by halftime, you can see Nick Sirianni's just pulling the starters, pulling the starters. Yeah. Especially after the Giants went up 24. And you look at the, the score line, you're saying, oh, 27 10. Wow, what happened here? It, it looks pretty close. The game wasn't as close as the final score indicated. The Giants outgained the Eagles by a lot, a lot, and granted, the Eagles had their second string offense out there for quite a bit in this game. They're resting up for the playoff match, whoever they're gonna play. And the fact of the matter is that they had a shot at winning the NFC East. Yeah, they just they needed they needed Dallas to lose to Washington, and that was not gonna happen because Dallas absolutely just wrecked yeah the command skins and they
1: dismantled them.
0: Is absolutely said, you know what? We're gonna go into the wild card round as a two seed, and we're gonna show everybody in the league we're for real. Now, whether that means through a scene, I don't know. Uh I don't know if they make it they they have home and field advantage through the divisional round for the first time in I can't tell you how many years. I don't have uh, the uh encyclopedia Ritanica is a little broken right now. <laughs> uh, doesn't doesn't really know uh the D- Dallas stats because I'm not a Dallas fan, but
1: but We're not them boys.
0: We are not we are not them boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I, I think I think Philly didn't want to look like they didn't want to be there. They're resting most of their starters. There's lots of speculation that Nick Sirianni Nick Sirianni might be fired if they lose in the divisional round against the against the Buccaneers. There I don't think there's a whole lot of, I don't think there's a whole lot of truth to that. I, especially after they just went to a Super Bowl, yeah. Stranger things, stranger things have happened. But I know Jeff Lurie's more pa- seems to be more patient with this particular coaching staff with this particular coach than any other coach he's had. Um, he's been, and he's been, and he's demonstrated his patience with coaches before. Look at Doug Peterson; he was there for quite a long time. He went up winning a Super Bowl with this, with uh, for this team, for this city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I qualify the Giants as an ups- being the Eagles as an upset just for the fact that Philly had something to play for, but they didn't show up at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they just – the last few weeks, and I, I would say – and it and it could be before that, but things really started to go south. Now, I will couch it. As a Seahawks fan, I think if Jalen Hurts was 100%, the Eagles win that game because Seattle, it was a great – it's great drive by Drew Lock at the end there. Drew Locke played 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 pretty well, but that was when uh, Jalen Hurts had the virus or whatever it was, and he flew on a separate plane so as not to infect the rest of the team out to Seattle. Mm-hmm. But I think their season slide really started with that game. You could just tell that that affected them, and they haven't been the same since. Their body language is different. Everything seems a little different. I don't think they've been the same since that 49ers game. Yeah, that team. too. That was punched a drubbing.
0: The... Yeah, they were punched in the face over and over and over again. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh! breaking news. Breaking news, Dustin. I have some breaking news for you. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Hold on. Hold on. Got to get the element. Oh, there we go. Uh, Ibo Simmel just scored another. Um,
1: <laughs> right <after> I, was... <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming. He scored one from the couch. He's watching. Yeah, he he did. A big fan, Debo. He watches live we, every week.
0: We love you, Debo. We
1: Special love you. Special shout out.
0: Special <laughs> shout out to Debo Samuel. Please don't hurt us. So we're going to move on to our biggest disappointment of the week. I'm going to lead up with this one. And yeah, the Jaguars were the biggest disappointment from week 18. What happened to them? What happened to them? I wrote, And I wrote an article on Belly Up Sports. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, I wrote an article on Belly Up Sports yesterday on where it all went wrong for each team in the AFC, the each team that didn't qualify for the playoffs. I wrote the tipping point of the season on where things went wrong and how things went downhill from there. And for me, I believe it started to go South when they were humbled by the 49ers in week nine. You you could argue that the Monday night game where they got beat by Cincinnati and Jake Browning was that tipping point. But again, this is my opinion. This is my mm-hmm. opinion. So, I mean, you could be right, but again, my opinion and the Jags had to win a one in year end game. Unlike last season, where they had a one in year end game, which was against the same Tennessee Titans team in week 18, they fell flat in their face. They fell flat in their face. They came out flat. As you mentioned, Dustin, uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence throws two interceptions. Their fourth and goal call at the, at the one yard line was really confusing. I mean, why are you going to try to do a leap? Uh, why are you going to have Trevor Lawrence try to leap? Over the rest of the pile to get to the end zone, especially when you're at the one yard line, it, it, that play confused me. And, uh, that play confused me, and their slide from potential AFC top seed to being out of the playoffs is complete. Was completely unexpected, and it's especially true when let's go back to the go back to the tape. Go back to the beginning of the year. Go back to their NFL preview. We both said that this team was going to run this division, not only this year but for years to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so disappointed in, in how this thing's turned out for the Jaguars. Uh, you could argue it was their defense. Their defense let them down. Their offense didn't show up. It's both sides. It's both and. It's a both and situation. Yeah. So that, my, my biggest disappointment that, that for me, Dustin, who was your biggest disappointment in week 18?
1: Well, we're going to keep this train uh, rolling because you picked the Jags <laughs> as a whole. I picked one Trevor Lawrence. And he didn't play. He played that terribly when you look at his when you look at his final stats he threw for like uh i gotta look at my notes here but he threw for two touchdowns but the problem w- really was those two picks and there was a couple there was a couple throws where he just looked out of sorts he got he hit calvin ridley on one touchdown and then there was another there was another would be touchdown where somehow calvin ridley got way behind the defense he was open completely open. Trevor Lawrence goes to hit him up, overthrows him. Now, some people argue, hey, couldn't Calvin Ridley have have dove for that catch? Couldn't he have tried something? He, he could have, but who's to say he would make it? That if you go back and you look at that tape, Trevor Lawrence overthrew that pass. And then their final drive of the game, they're trying to come back. They're down by eight. They need to score. And and Trevor Lawrence throws this pass to Evan Ingram. If you didn't know any better, you'd almost think he was throwing it out of bounds. He missed Evan Ingram badly on the play and he just looked yeah. if you want to be he he was drafted very high obviously. He was number 1, he was number 1 uh pick for the Jags, he was yep. touted as one of the best quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck. And those have got to be lofty expectations to live up to, but last year we saw it. We saw his command of of the Jags in that playoff game where frankly, if not for one Chad Henney going out there and doing some things, they would have they would have upset the Chiefs. They mm-hmm. would have they would have upset them. The, the Jags gave them everything everything that the chiefs could handle in that playoff game. And also that unbelievable run that they had that you predicted rise to That's how you got your name. That was. Trevor Lawrence was starting to ascend in that he was, you're like, man, this guy's going to live up to it. He's everything he just did. He needed to show up and he needed to lead his team to victory in this game. And he just couldn't do it. And there were some bad throws. There were some bad throws that really cost them. And those, those two interceptions against the defense, which prior to this had barely picked anybody off for the entire season, you can't do that when your season's on the line and you've been drafted in the position that you were and you've been considered the quarterback that you are. You've got to do better than that. I'm sorry, Trevor.
0: No, you're not. <laughs> no, but, I, yeah, I mean, I, I... – yeah, totally get it. You 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 you're drafted for this for this reason. You're supposedly a generational quarterback. Uh, I remember my team's fan base saying, "We need to tank. We need to tank. We need to lose out the season. We need to lose out 2020 to get our shot at Trevor Lawrence." And yeah, didn't get him. Didn't get him. And last year he balled out. This year it's a lot different. It's a it's a much different story. And yeah, it's sad to see, but these are the breaks. This this is NFL. This is the NFL. You got to, you got to show up and prove that you're the best. And unfortunately,
1: but your best wasn't good. (laughs) I tried my best, but, (laughs) um, but I will say slightly in Trevor's, we don't, at least from my i let me ask you does this change how you view him because we i feel like we don't know exactly what he is now because last year he was so good his first season with Doug Peterson this year kind of mercurial up and down you know as trevor went the jags went a little bit um, his rookie season, I'm throwing out that out the window. He had Urban Meyer as his head coach. We all know what a disaster that was. So to me, he's had one great season, one so-so season. I'll be interested next year to see what he does. Yep, but
0: in the meantime, because your week 18 was terrible, both the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence – Right, we gotta do this. We got to break. We gotta break out once uh, Chauncey Winston for this one. <laughs> All right, we're moving on from biggest disappointment to most entertaining game. Dustin, I'll have you lead off. What was the most entertaining game in your mind from Week 18 in the NFL?
1: Well, I feel like a broken record because for the third straight week, I believe, I'm picking a Saturday game. Um, And this is not the game that I thought that I was going to pick, but the more I reflected back on the week as I'm watching football, because to my opinion, and I want to see if you agree with me, While there was some good football this week and I enjoyed it, there was not that many games where I was like, oh, this is far and away the best game. Like there wasn't one that really stuck out to me and blew my socks off. However, I thoroughly enjoyed the Colts versus the Texans. It was a very entertaining game for me on Saturday night. And it was because, you know, the Colts – They start with three straight completions to Michael Pittman. You're like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. Minshew's out there. He's doing like a Brett Favre-esque shuffle pass to Michael Pittman. And they score first. They get three points. And you're like, okay, what are the Texans going to do? Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, they go out there. Play action pass on their first play of their first drive. 75-yard touchdown to Nico Collins, who Nico Collins was all over the place in this game. I believe he did. He had, he had a ridiculous receiving yard total. I think it was something, it was something crazy. I got I would have to look it up. I forgot to write it down in my black notebook here. But you're thinking, okay, now the Texans are going to run away with this thing. How are the Colts going to respond? The Colts, the Colts defense got a few key stops and stopped some Texans drives. And the reason that the Colts were kept in this game, because Gardner Minshew, he didn't. He didn't have a great game here, but I'll tell you who did have a great game, and it was Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor looked fully, I want to say fully back in this one. This is the game where he looked like the running back that he has been in past seasons, and you're saying, all right, this guy's a man, and it's especially impressive who he did this against. Jonathan Taylor, I'll get to his yardage totals later in the show, but he ran like a man possessed in this game against a Texans run defense that has much improved under the leadership of D'Amico Ryan. Um they've gone from like one of the worst rushing defenses in the league to like you know they're 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 one of the top rushing defenses now. They've done much better at stopping the run and Jonathan Taylor just ran right through them. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I if I remember correctly, I remember Troy Aikman lauding the Texans run defense. And the next play, they gave up that (laughs) 50 yard run to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah.
1: The 49 yard touchdown run. It was great. And, and Jonathan Taylor averaged something crazy, like 6.6 yards a carry at I mean, he was getting chunk plays anytime the Colts needed something 14 yards by Taylor, 11 yards by Taylor. It was, it was crazy. But then the, you know, and then the two teams, they uh, the Colts finally did score a touchdown. It was that Jonathan Taylor touchdown. And then they converted on a two-point conversion to tie the game. Then the teams traded uh, field goals. And the Texans score what would ultimately be the go-ahead touchdown. Kaimi Fairburn missed the extra point, which did cause a little bit of drama. Uh, because then at the end of the game, the, the, the Colts were trying to drive to tie it up. And they go for it on fourth down, and unfortunately, Gardner Minshew he he throws a ball that's a little bit behind Goodson, and the Colts don't get it done. Texans are going to the playoffs. This was a it was a great game. It felt a little bit like a playoff game because it essentially yeah. was the winner of that game was in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can't and you can't blame uh, that running back Goodson, the no. third stringer, who was put in that situation on fourth. Yeah, that one that that one I gotta get on Shane Steichen on because you don't leave you don't put your best player who's been running literally running the ball all over the all over the yard, all over no, Lucas Oil oh, Stadium yeah. that night, and you leave him off the field for fourth down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and at, at the very least, at least if you're gonna if you want to give Jonathan Taylor a rest or whatever the reason that he was out of the you know out on that play. Put Zach Moss in there because the few times Zach Moss ran, he he looked good as well, and he's also had a lot more playing time this year and done well. So put Zach Moss in there if you want to spell Taylor. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. That was my. I think. I think Minshew throwing the ball in a bad place to Goodson. Goodson's drop. You could. Some fans will blame Goodson. I don't think he deserves to blame. At least, I think I no. think I think Shane Steichen—that's Shane Steichen's responsibility as head coach. I, I think he needs. To, I think and and he's supposed to take responsibility. And I I suspect that he will. Uh, he's I suspect that he will take responsibility for this one because it was his call to have that personnel out there for that fourth down play. And you don't leave your best player on the sideline when the game's on the line, and no. play. And not only the playoff spots on the line, but also the division is on the line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a big spot and you can't you can't put it in somebody's hands like that. Uh but what about you, sir? What was your most entertaining game?
0: Oh, so my most entertaining game was the game <laughs> that we were we both had our eye on this past Saturday during the morning brunch and that was the Bills and the Dolphins. It was and it looked up to everything that it was hyped to be. It, it, there was a reason why NBC put that game in that spot. Mhm. And this game was the reason why. This game was the reason why. And the Dolphins looked like they were going to be in control after taking the lead in the second quarter. And they were actually in control into the third quarter. Both Neither team scored in the third quarter. But here's the problem. The Dolphins didn't score in the fourth quarter. The Bills did. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that the Bills season came full circle that night. Remember all the way back in week one? All back in week one, September eleventh, they got walked off by Xavier Gibson of the New York Jets on a punt um, return for a yes. touchdown mm-hmm. in overtime. Well, Deontay Hardy, Hardy, ninety-six yard punt return for first score, tie the score. Bills take the lead. Josh Allen balled out that night, over three hundred yards passing, had a great game. Dark, I would say, is a dark horse right now for MVP consideration, but um, I, I think it could go to somebody else. It's definitely gonna go to somebody else, but you know, the way that J- Josh Allen has played the last last uh, the last month and a half, month and a half, two months with Joe Brady calling the plays with Ken Dorsey, I would say Ken Dorsey was at fault for limiting Josh Allen a little bit and not getting him enough help with the running game and the running game was slowed up a little bit in this game, but Josh Allen had when he, when he steps up and he balls out, watch out. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. And I say this as a Jets fan, I'm going to be completely humble about this, but Josh Allen throws that touchdown pass to Dawson Knox and Miami to their credit. They stayed in. They try to keep the bills contained as much as possible. They try to get back into the game, try to score to force over time. Unfortunately Tua. Uh, Aloa was picked off by the Bills' defense at the wrong time. And the Bills wound up holding holding on, and they win their fourth di- consecutive division title. And they also clinched the number two seed in the AFC. So they guaranteed at least two home games for the playoffs. They got a tough game on, sa- on Sunday against Pittsburgh, but they'll be in the friendly confines of Rich Stadium or some people call it now Highmark Stadium.
1: <laughs> oh man. You know, and I have to admit because I did enjoy this game as well. I did enjoy this game as well, but as I was watching it, I was just like, man, how many times can Buffalo shoot themselves in the foot? They had drops, they had, you know, they had all these things and you're like, man, they're ju- they just don't they just don't uh they look like they don't have it. They're gonna they're gonna drop this game to the Dolphins. At least that's what I was thinking. They had some miscues. They had they had things go go wrong in the first half a little bit, but that that punt return really shifted the momentum and Buffalo started to feel it. And you could you could see their confidence growing and uh away they went. But I will say just one piece of commentary on this game that I could not stand. A lot of people heap a lot of hate on Chris Collinsworth. Normally, I'm kind of indifferent. But, man, he drove me crazy in this game because they showed a clip where where Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, was extolling the virtues of Josh Allen. He was saying, you know, he's big, he's tough, he's dynamic. He's saying all these things. And he goes, now, he's a, now here's the guy. Well, no, <laughs> this is worse because he, said, oh, he no. said, he said, he said, He's a dude. That's how he. That's how he finished his press conference about Josh Allen. Well, old Chris Collinsworth took this and ran with it because every time he referred to Josh Allen for like the next two to three series, it felt like an entire quarter. He just kept saying, "He's a dude. That dude. The dude." And I'm just like, "All right, you quit it." <laughs> but it was driving me nuts. <laughs>
0: you should just sing that song from good burger i'm a dude he's a dude she's dude we're all dudes dudes. (laughs) well we're going to take a quick commercial break Uh, before that we'll take one more trip to the comments section dr lady esquire says weeks away from baseball in fact i did the calculations we are actually 35 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting
1: oh wow. wow hey yeah signs of spring you know
0: signs of spring yep. as it is out
1: here
0: <laughs> right as it, as it snows and rains and where we are uh but yeah it's it's interesting that pitchers and catchers report less than a week after the nfl season ends in super bowl in the super bowl so which i'm also looking forward to but in the meantime we're gonna take a quick commercial break and you are tuned in to no credentials required. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers and a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned bettor or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? BellyUp Up Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please give all responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. You got that right, folks. This weekend, I did a couple of, uh, I'll admit, I do a little bit of sports booking here and there. Very small bets, little small bets, but the app I used was DraftKings. DraftKings, Mm. again. Uh, And I won those bets. I won all my bets this weekend. So. Very happy guy. Very oh, happy guy. Made a little bit of money. Yeah, made a little bit of money. Uh Turned $1 into $10 with the parlay that I hit. So, yeah, DraftKings has a lot of, to offer when it term, comes to you, your sports booking experience. Again, go to the description. And the link in the description, which is dkng.co forward slash bellyup150. New users can deposit $5 to get $200 in bonus bets. Not $150, $200 in bonus bets. And if you're in a state that has legalized sports online sports book and you're 21 and over, get more responsible. I'm gonna say put your bets in, be responsible. Be responsible. Don't be stupid and bet ten dollars for each bet. Like small, small wagers, small wagers turn into bigger rewards, just like I did this weekend with my with my with my puka nakua and two point conversion parlay. You can win some money. Nice. One dollar can turn one dollar can turn to ten. When you use the DraftKings sportsbook app. Moving on, Week 18, most notable performance. I'm going to lead off here, but we got to introduce a new element. It's the Homer Alert. <laughs> For those of you who are on the listening podcast on the on the podcast side, it's uh, in giant letters, Homer, Homer Alert, and it's a giant uh, red light just swishing around. And I was going to add some sound effects. I was going to add the minions. One of the minions going "be do be do be do." <laughs> Unfortunately, I ran out of time. But yes, it's Homer Alert time, folks, because my most noble performance this week was not one, but two, units for the New York Jets. The first unit being Brees Hall, who basically made up the entire offense for the New York Jets on this day on a blustery, snowy afternoon execrable conditions in Foxborough. 37 carries. 173 yards. One touchdown. Two reception, Two receptions for 12 yards. You could argue that he got way too many carries in this game. You could argue that he was in the field too long. But part of the reason is the Jets wanted to get him to the 1,000-yard rushing mark for the first time in his career. Unfortunately, he fell four yards short. And... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it stinks, but here's the thing. He had over 1,600 all-purpose yards for the season. He's the first guy to do this. He's the first running back to do this for the Jets since Thomas Jones in 2008. And this guy's the future. This guy's the future. He is the future. I mean, him and Garrett Wilson and hopefully a complimentary receiver. They either, the Jets either draft or they pick up in their off season. They're shaping this offense around Brees Hall, and here's here's a I I may may not have mentioned this on Saturday show. Well, actually, no, I mentioned this yesterday on Snowman in the Morning during Coffee with McCarthy when Daniel when Nathaniel Hackett said we had no idea how good Brees Hall was. (laughs) I would have fired him on the spot for saying that. Would have fired him on the spot, but unfortunately, I'm not Robert Sala. I'm not Joe Douglas, so I can't. But 173 yards for Brees Hall, 21 receiving yards, hit a 50-yard run at the end of the game, or towards the end of the game, which basically sealed the deal for the Jets because their defense, their defense was outstanding against this Patriots team. They absolutely rub their nose in this game and Bill Belichick's nose in this game because they finally broke the losing streak. 15-game losing streak. That streak is dead. It is dead. It is over. I am going to urinate on the grave that is that losing streak. (laughs) And listen to these stats. Seven sacks, 118 net yards allowed, two turnovers. Unfortunately, one of them turned into a turnover themselves because Ashton Davis tried to lateral the ball to Sauce Gardner. Why are you doing that, Ashton? I don't know. (laughs) But the Jets finally break this losing streak, and they beat the Patriots. And they may have possibly sent Bill Belichick packing. We don't know what his status is. He still he says he's still He's still talking about it with Robert Kraft. But here's the thing: I was hoping the margin of victory would be bigger, but this will do, especially in those in in the garbage conditions that both teams had to deal with. Yeah. And my honorable, my honorable mention for most notable performance is the Bills' defense. They hold the Dolphins to two hundred seventy five net yards, fourteen points. It caused two turnovers, including that game-clinching interception towards the end of the game. So that was your Homer alert. <laughs> for, the, for the January 9th edition of No Crunches Required, uh, you may see more of this uh, during baseball season. Uh, yes. May- but, Preston, your most who was your most notable performance in Week 18 of the NFL?
1: Well, I'm gonna go off book a little bit here. And I'm picking a QB, which I know I've done a lot on this show, and that's something that I gotta try to I gotta try to curb for next year because I rely on picking the QBs too much, but it when when they impress me, I gotta I gotta shout them out. But I am not going with the QB that I think a lot of people would think. You know, there's they're saying, Oh, who are you picking? Are you picking Dak? Because he had a commanding um, performance against the commanders. See what I did there? No, I am not picking Dak Prescott. I am picking one Derek Carr, and I'm going to tell you why. Derek Carr has had a lot of problems this season. Uh, We ourselves have said, you know, I believe I referred to, I I said a few weeks ago, the car has been a little broken this season. It's not running properly um but saints fans particularly a lot of and i've seen it on social media which we all know social media is like an amplifier so you got to be careful but a lot of saints fans were saying oh we should have never taken car cars terrible car you know people are people were heaping dirt on the on the on the grave of Derek carr and i'm thinking to myself he always played pretty good for the raiders was he like Unbelievable? No. But was he good? Yes. And we saw Derek Carr was, in my opinion, extremely resilient after the season that he has had. He had some injuries. Um, It hasn't gone well in New Orleans. A lot of people throwing the blame on Derek Carr. Well, what did he do in his final week of the season? He threw for four touchdowns, and he also... Uh, I gotta, the stats there, he went, he went 22 of 28, which is very good, but only 264 yards, but four touchdowns in a game that they had to win in order to keep their outside shot at the playoffs alive. They had to win and they, boy, did they, that game Mm -hmm. ended in some controversy. Um, but I had to tip my hat to Derek Carr for the performance after the season he's had. It hasn't been the best for him, and it was nice to see him it was nice to see him kind of rebound a little bit and kind of prove like, hey, I still know how to play in this league and um you know who knows what happens next year uh but i I had to give props to Derek Carr after everything he's gone through this season. It was a very impressive um performance for me on the final week.
0: Speaking of Saints quarterbacks, did you happen to catch the Jimmy Winston interview after the, uh, after the game? I did. You was asked about the play call that put the Saints up 49, 17.
1: Yes, I I did.
0: I will play that clip. It is content gold. Yeah. Gold, Jerry gold. Do you think we'd we'd regret that? Well, you do have to play these guys twice a year. That's all I'm saying.
1: We, we already played them twice. I know what I'm talking about. You know, somebody has got to play these guys twice a year. That's all. How do you feel about it? Tell me how you feel about it. Not good. Why don't you feel good about it? Because you got to play these guys twice a year. But what about it makes you not feel good about it? The head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion. Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answered my question. As respectfully. As you could, and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can, that I respectfully
1: disagree
0: with you. That's all. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay, so you disagree with the entire team. So, thank you. No, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do, too. And that's what I am doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. Full disclosure, I did not see that segment of the interview. I saw. Oh. The part, I saw the part where he said, "You know, we made that decision as a team." Which more and more, it comes out. I, I, it seems like Jameis Winston might have made that decision, but they they were saying he was saying they wanted to get a touchdown for uh, for Jamal Williams because he's been important to the team and blah blah blah. But he, you can't. Uh, you can't just blatantly um, disregard what your coach said, in my opinion, um, not a good look. And then you add that on top of it. I had not seen that. Also, uh, I was trying to do a real-time counter to see how many times they could say respectfully to each other. Because it was quite a lot. <laughs>
0: respectfully, I disagree. Well, respectfully, I'm, going to, I, I, I'm asking you the question. But respectfully, I uh, disagree with do you dis- Do you respectfully disagree with me? Yes, I dis. Res- yes, but I'm showing you that respect right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, it turned into a, it turned into a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen with Dennis? And what's, who knows what's going to happen with Dennis Allen too? Because yeah. there's a lot of speculation that this might have been his last game as coach of the New Orleans Saints. But that remains to be seen. We're, we're supposed to, you know, Black Monday was supposed to come around. We're supposed to get all these firings in the NFL, and only oh, we, we got only we got only two. But moving on, moving on to the hottest individual take of the week. And Dustin, uh, in our show rundown, you had a particularly spicy, spicy and thought-provoking take from this this week in the NFL. Uh, Go ahead and uh, go ahead and share that with us, please.
1: Well, I'm stirring up that gumbo again. But in my opinion, (laughs) this year – A lot of people, a lot of things were made about, oh, a running back, you can plug anybody in there and they'll do well. The running back position isn't what it used to be. You don't spend high draft pedigree on them. You don't, you know, there was, there was the meeting of a running back summit headed by Austin Eckler, I believe, because he was worried about um, the devaluing of the running back. And he came out and said, hey, we still have to block. We we have to do a lot of things on the field, and people are acting like anybody can do it. Um, Saquon Barkley, he couldn't get he, he, he didn't get the deal that he was looking for with the Giants. There were there were running backs that uh, remained unsigned for quite a while, and at the time people were baffled by it. Well, I think week 18 in the NFL proved that the running back is still very much a key part of the team. Everybody always says Oh, this is a passing league now. The league is different. Well, look at these running back performances from week 18. Jonathan Taylor almost felt like single-handedly almost got the Colts a victory and a playoff berth. He ran for 188 yards and a touchdown against, against a good rushing run defense in the Houston Texans. Brees Hall, you just detailed eloquently what he did, 173 yards and a TD. Derrick Henry, 153 yards and a TD. And he, he helped his team pull off a huge upset win. And as much as I've heaped a bunch of crap on Najee Harris during this season, he has started to run well down the stretch, 112 yards and a TD. Granted, granted it was against you know i don't think the ravens had some of their starters in there but still Mm -hmm. running backs were essential in all of those teams wins this week it was a little bit it it was the return of the running back i called it in the show running rundown and as somebody who still remembers fondly um, Marshawn Lynch running the ball for my Seahawks not that long ago, and Sean Alexander before him, and Ricky Waters before him. Yes, that's right, he did play for the Seahawks. And um, Kurt Warner before him, yes, Kurt, who could forget about
0: the C, Kurt, with a yes, C,
1: not with a C. yes, <laughs> the original Kurt Warner, OG Kurt Warner, but but from yes. Penn State University. I mean, and and as somebody I miss uh, a former former New York Jet Curtis Martin. I used to lo- love to watch him run the ball. One time Jet, Martin. one time Jet and uh, Charger Ladanian Tomlinson was an absolute mm-hmm. delight to watch run the ball. It was so nice for me to see. The running back position is not dead. This week to me proved it. Um, And there's been some great running back performances in the NFL. James Conner went off against my Seahawks, much to my chagrin. They almost almost lost that game. Uh, But the running back position is not dead. This week, I'm calling it the return of the running back. There were some key performances. That is all. That is how I feel. It was nice to see the running back return.
0: Now, here's my question for you. Is 2024 going to be the year of the running back in the NFL?
1: I don't think so. I don't think it'll be the year of the running back because this league has gravitated much more towards passing. There's still those teams like we know the Seahawks love to run the ball. And as long as Pete Carroll is the head coach of the Seahawks, That's what they're going to do. The New York Jets just basically came out and said it. They're going to build their offense around Brees Hall, as they should, I think. No disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but he is not a spring chicken. And also, uh, apropos of nothing, I don't know if I would have brought Nathaniel Hackett back after the offensive performance. I get it. You're on your backup, but when you score less touchdowns than the Carolina Panthers, you got a problem. You you yeah. got to figure something out. Um, I, think,
0: I, I think I saw a stat where it was they scored one zero or one or less touchdowns in ten of their seventeen games this year or eleven or seventeen games this year. That's a crime, and especially in twenty twenty three NFL, you can't you can't do that.
1: No, you can't do. That. No, you can't. But. You know, is 2024 going to be the year of the running back? I don't think so. But we, you have some, you have some running backs to look, uh, to look forward to to see. I mean, Bijan Robinson. I'm excited to see how the future head coach of the Atlanta Falcons uses him. Um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Falcons fans
0: and fantasy, uh, fantasy, fan, uh, fantasy football. Uh, fans will
1: rejoice in the fact that Arthur Smith is gone yeah. from, the, <laughs> yes. from the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. But, you know, there. all I wanted to say is that the running back, a lot of people devalued the running back position this year, and I, I think it was a misstep, and I think Week 18 kind of reminded us all why you still need someone to run the rock on an NFL team. Yeah, we'll
0: have, we'll have to discuss in a future episode the, the narratives going to the offseason in the NFL, for each and every team, one of the biggest narratives for the New York Giants is whether or not they're going to keep Saquon Barkley. Speaking of running backs, because he only signed that one-year deal mm-hmm. uh, to uh, he got franchise tag, had that one-year deal, and we'll see what the future holds and see if they're going to how they're going to configure their offense for next year. And there's lots of questions that Daniel Jones might not be back uh, at, because his, of his overemployed contract. The Giants should have never signed him for that much money—forty no. million dollars a year—and you only played what seven, seven, eight games. Which I understand, it's it's because of injury. But the way he played before the injury was just—it wasn't great. It yeah, wasn't great. And if you're gonna build an offense, I think you build it around Saquon Barkley, you, like you said, Dustin. The the running back position is so undervalued in the NFL now, and what Jim Say said. Back in what July, August, about when Jonathan Taylor was going through uh, when they were going through the contract negotiation with Jonathan Taylor. And the fact that he said, Oh, I can buy it, I can get a running back, lickety split. There's yeah. these guys are replaceable. And it's like, no, no. no. they no. they're if they're especially if they're valuable parts of their offense, like Jonathan Taylor, he missed four games this year. And he still had a, all those great performances, especially later in the season. That's yeah. how valuable he is to the offense of the Colts.
1: Yeah, and he's going to help out a young quarterback again in Anthony Richardson next year. He's going to take some of the pressure off Anthony Richardson. And guess what? You know what else Anthony Richardson did really well in his short time where he was playing? He ran the ball as well. Yeah. So, all yeah. The, you know, but, but who picks up some of the blocks when the quarterback RPOs or when the quarterback takes off on a designed run? That's right, the running back. Mm-hmm yep uh, yeah yeah jim or say man i i had forgotten that he said that but uh and now that i remember i'm mad again <laughs> yeah <laughs> even with all those guitars that
0: he uh he buys and 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 yes and preserves the public and, for free and preserves yes and whatnot. <laughs> so my hottest individual take from week 18 is that and it, uh, I, I'm sure it's not a hot take, but a lot. Of people, this is what a lot of people are thinking, but I'm going to put it out into the universe. Antonio Pierce deserves to be named permanent head coach of, La- of the Las Vegas Raiders in 2024. And all the puns can speculate how Mark Davis is going to, des- how he'll decide his next head coach, who he's going to select. But I think Pierce stabilized the locker room from, from, from when Josh McDumdum, <laughs> McDaniels, was fired after the Lions game. He stabilized that locker room from that point forward. They beat yeah. the giants. They came out and socked the Giants in the mouth the next game. They struggled against my Jets, but still wound up winning them because the defense held strong. They didn't allow a touchdown for the entire game. And yeah, they went five and four the rest of the stretch, but they were still they were still competitive. They were competitive in pretty much every single game that Antonio Pierce was coaching that in, in that stretch of time. I can't and I can't remember. A game during the schedule i'll have to look it up that they lost by more than 10 points i mean i'll look it up right now because we do real-time research on this particular shoe yeah
1: nothing like real-time research but I'll, i'll say while you're looking that up i agree with you wholeheartedly if antonio pierce is not the head coach of the raiders next year i will be fuming because mark davis if he does this again, he already made the mistake with Rich Bissachia. It's clear yep. how much the players respect and love Antonio Pierce. He That team looks like a completely different team under him, namely the defense. So yeah. you can't let – you can't eschew Antonio Pierce for, to make some big big splash. You're going to have the players like in an open revolt.
0: Yeah, and um, I, I stand correct that they, they did lose – one game by by 14 points. That was the Kansas City uh, in week 12. Uh, but they they stayed in every game. Every loss, they stayed in every game. They, they had the, three, they had the infamous 3 nothing loss to Minnesota. And then on Thursday night, they scored 42 points in the first half against the Los Angeles Chargers that got Brandon <laughs> Staley <lost>. fired. <laughs> Absolutely killed them. Killed them. And here's the cool thing about Antonio Pierce. We talked about running backs when – and when when it came to your hottest individual take this week, Dustin, we talked about running backs and how the important the position still is. Antonio Pierce is a run first guy. Yeah, he's got he's got uh, Samir White in the backfield along with Josh Jacobs. That could be a nice one two combination. And I don't know what they're going to do with the for the quarterback position. Uh, I, I, they might reevaluate things. Jimmy Garoppolo was out all most of last year, uh, most of this season. Had Ed O'Connell in the lineup or Brian Hoyer. Uh, but I think once they get the quarterback position stabilized, this is going to be a tough team to play in 2024.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. If, if they keep Pierce, if they keep Pierce, because that defense yep. and, and they have a uh, uh, they have Max Crosby, he's like. He goes under the radar a little bit, but he's a he's a bona fide uh, star on on the defensive side of the ball. He's he's got that attitude. He's he's a he can be a game wrecker. Um, and then it's not like the and and a quarterback. You think keeping um, keeping Devonte Adams too? Which there's already rumors that the Jets are going to try to make a run at him. Um yeah, but, but
0: keep... I, I don't know, I don't know if you saw, but uh Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson gave up his number 17. Thomas oh, Morstead boy. gave Garrett Wilson number five, and presumably Thomas Morstead, who I hope and pray the Jets re-sign him in 2024. They bring him back because he was such an awesome. Yeah, I mean, that guy was just a, is an awesome punter. Let's just put it this way. I mean, I'm gonna put it this way. People talk about Ray Guy being the greatest punter in the NFL in NFL history. Thomas Morstead might be the greatest punter in NFL history. All right, I'm not saying that because he played for my team. I'm saying that because it's fact. It is bona fide fact. And uh, Mike Westhoff, uh, who I'm reading, I'm still reading his book. Mm-hmm. He said it as such when he was, you would when he was the uh, special teams coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. He said Thomas Morstead is the best punter I have ever worked with. He just has this innate ability to create field position with his leg. The way he kicks the ball, the way he angles the ball, the way he does all these special things with the ball to get the ball out of the d- downfield is just remarkable. It's a, re- it's a remarkable thing. And I think uh, uh, Thomas Borstead should be a Hall of Famer once his career ends. And I hope the Jets bring him back for, for 2020, 2024. But getting back to the original point about the Raiders, Mark Davis, we know you watch this program. We know you're a big fan. You tune in every every Tuesday yes. or Wednesday at 8, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes you tune in to the brunch on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Please, don't make the same mistake twice. Don't make the same mistake you did with Rich Bisaccia in exchange for Josh Dumdum, I mean Josh McDaniels. <laughs> keep Antonio Pierce as your head coach. Yes. He's going to move this team in the right direction. You saw it for the last nine weeks of the season. And it'll be be a damn shame if they didn't.
1: Well, and also, I can't help but think, (laughs) it's ironic given who I gave the nod to for my best performance. But can you imagine how the Raiders would have looked once Josh McDaniels was out and it was Antonio Pierce's turn if they still had Derek Carr at quarterback instead of Aiden O'Connell? yeah. Yeah. Or they, because yeah. I mean, I, I still, no shade against Jimmy Garoppolo, but people wanted to heap dirt on Carr on his way out the door. And then the Raiders turn around and they sign Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're like, all Jimmy Garoppolo does is win. Jimmy Garoppolo won. He had some good games in San Francisco, but he also had a metric ton of talent around him in San Francisco. What did Jimmy Garoppolo do for the Raiders this year before he got hurt? You know,
0: oh, bub kiss Dustin,
1: Watch yeah, it. yeah. So I can't <laughs> help but think, man, you put Derek Carr back on this offense with Devontae Adams with Antonio Pierce at the helm, they would be real tough,
0: yeah, yeah. So, before, actually, before we talk about the coaching vacancies in the NFL, take one more quick comment section visit. Rod Uncensored, what up? What's up? Six rings are better than one, yeah, and your team finishes last <laughs> place this year, Rod. So right there, pal, right there. Hope you enjoy your history for the next half decade or so. And a pizzle, big dolphins fan, McCoffy. hey pizzle. <laughs> How you doing, bud? All right. Coaching vacancies so far, so far, as of Tuesday at 9 06 p.m. Eastern, we have the Atlanta Falcons who oh yeah, the Atlanta Falcons who mercifully let go of Arthur Smith. Uh, do you think that outburst at the end of the game at the, after the Saints game was the nail in the coffin or do you think other things were had to be uh, had to be a factor in his firing?
1: I think it I think it was a couple of things. I don't think it was the outburst after the game. I think what the nail in the coffin was was the final score of that game. Mm. Um because the Falcons were with them in the beginning of that game, they actually led that game. Yeah. and I'm saying oh man they're going to they're going to do it And again they were tied at,
0: and they were tied at 17 at one point.
1: Yep. And then the wheels just came off. And I think because Arthur Smith in his time as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, he has been you know people this is not this is not the first year that it's gone like this. People people were uh saying free Kyle Pitts. Why don't you use Kyle Pitts? Come on. And then they draft Drake London. They draft they draft Bijan Robinson, and it's much of the same. And his counter to that was always, "We're winning football games. I'm not concerned with uh, with fantasy football." But the thing was, I said on these very airwaves that when he stopped winning, his coaching style was going to bite him in the behind. And I think Arthur Blank had just decided he had enough because um, you you didn't you didn't win and you're not using the high draft picks. So what what are you doing? And I think Arthur Blank decided enough is enough. But I think the final score was the nail in the coffin. I don't think it was due to the outburst.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they were still in the discussion for the NFC South title uh, coming into that game uh, was was a big factor too because you had to to have Carolina beat the Buccaneers, which almost happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, big shout out to big shout out to Baker Mayfield for toughing yeah. it out with the battling the rib injury and an apparent lower body injury. I don't know if it was knee or his ankle, but battling that situation and leading his team to a win against again, yes, this is Carolina Trash Kitties. I understand, but they got the job done when they had to get the job done. I'm yeah. like unlike unlike another team uh a few hours north of them in uh, on the uh, on the opposite side of the state uh talking to you Car- talking to you jacksonville um <laughs> so the other two vacancies other two vacancies uh after after today uh mike fabble we mentioned tennessee titans they let they relieved him of his duties today ron rivera let go by the washington commanders we all kind of saw it coming yeah but i got to say this for ron rivera he took the team through some rocky, rocky waters, yeah, from 2020 on, not only professionally but also personally because he beat the, the dude, beat cancer, yeah, the dude beat cancer. And I yeah. gotta, I, I gotta stamp and applaud for that, man. Well, I'm not gonna do it right now, I'm sitting in my chair, but I, I always admire the fact that he kept going. He kept mm-hmm. going, he could have quit, he said, he could have said, No, nah, I you know, I gotta, my, my health comes first. You know, my, my health comes first. I got to take some time away from this team to battle this thing. But he stayed with the team. He consulted on the name change. He was the, he just he just stuck around. And Commanders fans can give him all sorts of crap because all oh, he only did was lose when he was here. But you know what, though? He was a stabilizing force for a while. And, yep. you know, I, I got, I admire the dude. I admire the dude for, yeah. All the crap that got put through between all the Snyder stuff, all the Daniel Snyder stuff, and the change in ownership, and uh, the and all that stuff going on. I, I at least gotta admire the guy for at least sticking it through to the end.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I will remember his tenure. Yes, they lost a lot of games while Ron Rivera was the head coach. Uh, but the team. I think even commanders fans would admit the team was scrappy under Ron Rivera. They hung in some games that they had no business hanging in. And Mm -hmm. uh, they ultimately, they didn't win a lot of those games. And there was the one year where I think if he had gone to Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineke earlier, they, they might've made the playoffs that year. And then I remember at, at, at a point last year during the season, I was putting him in my coach of the year conversations and then and then the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. And then he he did say that that confounding thing where he said he did not realize that they were in playoff contention. So that kind of that kind of took the wind out of the sails. But much like you, I just like Ron Rivera. I respect him. And uh he earned the nickname Riverboat Ron for a reason. He always he always went for it when other coaches would not. You know, Ron Rivera was going for it on fourth down before going for it on fourth down was analytically cool. And uh you know, I'll just I, I hope he finds another job in the in the NFL coaching somewhere. Yeah. But that commander's team, it was scrappy ooh, under him. Oh, I know where he can go. I know where he can go. <laughs> yes, Ryan McCarthy.
0: Uh, yeah, so you could go to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and become their defensive
1: coordinator. Ooh, that would be formidable. That would be yeah. Roger right.
0: sure. Dumas said it here first. <laughs> Where's my thunder, thunder clap?
1: Oh, there it is. Oh, man. The clap overwhelmed your sound. I didn't catch what you said there.
0: Oh, I said Ron Rivera. Next defensive coordinator with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You hear it here first. All right, we'll uh, have to see. The, the other vacancies which will likely happen, uh, Carolina, who fired Frank Reich un, unjustifiably, and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, who mercifully ended <laughs> the the, uh, the Brandon Staley coaching experience, making leads, making leads disappear. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, if David Tipper calls you, and your, if you're a potential head coach candidate run yeah uh, i yeah. also said the same thing for Dean Spanos run yeah. <laughs> uh, you you don't want to be bothered with those owners because both of them no. are unserious and at least one of these at least one of these owners will probably throw a drink at you at some point yes yeah <laughs> well that is going to pretty much do it for this edition of no credentials required but we just want to remind you about saturday and here's the, uh, here's the, uh, his little preview, uh, little well, preview, but uh, our announcement from a few weeks ago about going with the Saturday brunch on a full time basis. We have a big announcement to make. Ooh. Ooh, a big announcement. And we talked about this after the show on Saturday. And Dustin and I, we've decided starting on January 6th, Saturday brunch will be coming to you on the regular on saturdays
1: yes yes <laughs> <laughs> let the brunch flow through you
0: strike <laughs> me down with all your, mites, your hatred. It's, with all your, it's cur- with, all your yeah. with all your mimosas <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah Bottomless. We, we, Yes, but we talked about had yeah, bottomless mimosas. <laughs> but we talked about it after the show, and it'll be it's great to, that we we enjoy we enjoy talking to sports in the regular every week, and we talk about the NFL throughout the season, and we decided there's a lot more sports news that goes on, whether it be nationally, whether it be locally, but since there's so much happening in the sports world throughout the rest of that the rest of the week that we miss on this program on our weekday show, we decided you know what. Let's wait to the weekend. We'll get together for about an hour, the same the same time what we the same time for that we usually use for our regular show hour to hour fifteen minutes, and we'll talk about the rest of the week in sports.
1: Oh, sorry, I was grooving to that jazzy brunch intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the fact that we made the announcement or one and our Christmas onesies just makes, yeah. it, makes the announcement more special. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta keep that around, keep that clip. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> so yes, no credentials required, Saturday brunch on the regular Saturdays at 10 p.m. at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh we are going to go with every Saturday. i just want to let you know every saturday from now until super bowl uh, we're going to be on the regular on saturday morning on, on the week, regular weekly on saturdays uh, after that we'll probably switch it up to every other week leading up to football season and to, to nfl football season uh but we're got we have numerous topics to to discuss we'll, we'll probably bring back no ticket required because there's sports movies that none of us have watched that we want to get to and review uh, there's also, we're going to have, oh, we're also going to bring this back. Come on, where is it? There you are. You just made the list! Oh my gosh. Yep, the list is coming back too. So, and we got other stuff on the way, both uh, on live stream and we're going to do some production side off, off, uh, the, uh, off the live streams. Uh, we'll, we're hoping to do some different stuff. Uh, during the year, so you don't want to miss out. So you want to hit that like button, you want to hit the subscribe button, and the notifications, and also the notifications button on your YouTube channel and wherever you also check out the show, that you'll, you'll be notified when we're on air or we have a new video up.
1: Oh, yeah. Follow us on yeah. all the socials. It's
0: an exciting time. 2024 is going to be, going to be a fantastic year, uh, both for No Characters Required and also for myself, because I got back into the writing gig. You know, last year was kind of you know, I was a little uninspired at times to write and I was very sparse about it. I was going through kind of a funk, but 2024, I said to myself, commit myself to my writing. So bellyupsports.com is where you can find all my writing. I launched two articles consecutive days. I'll probably have another one towards the end of the week talking about hockey. So you might want to check that out. BellyUpsports.com.
1: Man. So you're a machine, sir. You're a machine.
0: I'm the machine.
1: (laughs) So you're getting back into writing. That's it. I'm gonna make this on the airwaves so that I have to adhere to it. I'm getting back into guitar this year. It's gonna happen. Yes,
0: yes, it's gonna happen. I have
1: to do it. I have to do it for my sanity. I keep much like you described. uh, Your 2023 for writing has been eh, probably about the last five years for guitar for me so <laughs> i got quite the rust to, sh- to shake off but I, i've got to do it i've got to get back in yes. let the notes flow through <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note we're going to end things for this uh, tuesday edition of no credentials required again thank you for joining us follow us on our socials twitter instagram and the uh unoccasionally utilized tiktok at no facebook.com forward slash req youtube.com, forward slash at req And please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Also, hit that notification dingy. Uh, that way you know when new videos come up, whether, again, it be live-side or pre-recorded. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast, and you can s- subscribe on a myriad of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast rate and review. Leave us a five-star rating. Also review it if you can on a platform that supports reviews. That means more people will be uh, informed about this podcast and tell your friends also tell your enemies about this podcast. they want to hear it. they not want to hear it. So again, thank you for joining us for this edition of no crunches required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Billy up sports in association with Godzilla media for Dustin Henry. I'm Ryan McCarthy. We'll talk to you again this Saturday for the morning brunch. So join us then.
1: Good night, everybody.